You're listening to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, hosted by Daphne Priscilla Jack. Welcome to another episode. My guest on today is Carlos Wallace. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited and glad to have you here with me. Thanks um, for having me. Yes, thank you for being here because um, Carlos is the mastermind, along with my daughter Alexandria, behind this show. And so here I am, and I get the opportunity to. Um, I'm a little nervous because he's the expert at this. No, but... I wouldn't call him the expert. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just super excited to have you here. So, with that being said, kind of tell me a little bit about yourself. I want you to tell me everything about you. Uh, as you know, mm-hmm. I'm a two time best selling author. We uh, work the author's uh, um, circle series, series together. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh, also, my books are in Lone Star college mm-hmm. as well as uh, York College out in New York. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of guest lecturing okay. at colleges and universities. Yeah. Um, I'm actively involved in the Google Next Gen group. That's amazing. Um, uh, a crew that I work with, myself, Dr. Bello, Chance Glasgow, mm-hmm. we just created this um, program. that It'll be out early 2020, mm-hmm. uh, a VR project okay. that's gonna help combat sex trafficking as well as uh, help victims okay. or survivors get okay. acclimated back into society. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, and that's you know, President CEO of uh-huh. Soul Creatives. Yeah. You know, uh, excited about the things we're doing. We just filmed a, a project for Amazon Prime and Netflix. Okay, okay. So that'll be out probably the second quarter of, of 2020. Okay. But uh, okay. just just a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Because when it's um when it's irons in the fire, um it's because you are following your passion. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. many of us get our jobs and it's not what we really want to do. Right. And we'll be about making the money <laughs> versus doing something we enjoy doing. Right. And so, but um so let's just oh by the way guys, he's my brother. Mm-hmm. And so um I y'all know I don't have any brothers, but I adopt every good person, every good man that comes along mm. to be my brother and I'm so grateful to say that he He's my brother and 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 my beautiful sister back home in New York, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so Liz, Liz and just super excited. She's joining our family. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, anyways, I wanted to um um I was just thinking about so what would I ask Carlos? So tell me about um I know you used to work on the railroad. Mm-hmm. Tell me some of the things that started that and then moving forward. Well, if I, I, I should I'm say. I'm going to go before that. Before uh, that, okay. Before the railroad. You know, I, I, I served in the Navy. Okay, yes, um, tell me that. Uh, Persian Gulf. Okay. Uh, the first Persian Gulf War. Mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. 90, uh, 90. It started really in 90. The books will say 91. But okay. Our battle group was there in August the 4th of 90. Okay, okay. And, uh, but yeah, did my time, served in, mm-hmm. in Japan. Okay. And when I came home, uh, my first job was working on death row. That's that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was going back and didn't go back for enough. But you actually yeah. worked on death row. On death row. Okay. For, for 19 months. Here in Texas. Here in Texas. Okay. Yeah, it was at that time it was in uh, Riverside, Texas. Okay. Uh, after the 
eight, I think it was eight escapees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the death row eight, I think they called yeah. it. After that happened, they moved it to Livingston. Okay, because, okay. Because uh, I guess state officials felt like it should have been at a newer, more modern prison. And, mm-hmm. and, and Livingston is, is a lot newer. The Ellis One, where I worked, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a different name now, but mm-hmm. at, at that time it was Ellis One. It was a really, really old prison. Okay, okay. And so, um, yeah, after that, after that break, they moved it, but I was already gone. You okay? So but you stayed how many months again? I was there 19 months. 19 um, months. Yeah, I started working there October of uh, 92. Okay. And I left uh, June mm-hmm. of 94. Okay. But I was still on the books as far as pay. You, gotcha. know, you stack up comp time. Right, and, right, 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 right. And, and so they can't just cut you a check for exactly. it. Exactly. You just stay on the books as mm. far as pay. Mm-hmm. So for like another couple of months. Mm-hmm. Even though I was working for the railroad, yeah. I still got a check from the TDC <laughs> for, for the 1st of July, 1st of August, and then like a partial check even okay. in September. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, they they changed that too um, because, you know, me working for the state, mm-hmm. they would stack the comp hours or, yeah. the, or the overtime Right. He had to do 240, I believe it was. Uh-huh. And and um, so by the time I got to parole, like maybe three months in, they finally changed it and Good. started paying us. Maybe it might have been a year, honestly Good. speaking. Yeah, it might have been a year and they started paying. Okay, so you do you been in the criminal justice system knowing how it operates. Yeah. And yeah. then afterwards, then um, come. So after that, um, I, I started working for the railroad. One, okay. I, I, you know, one day. My father called me, it was probably five in the morning. Mm. He said, hey boy, <laughs> you want to work for the railroad? Oh my, he just told you you were going to work for the railroad. No, 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 he asked, he asked, cause he asked me when I, when I, great, when I, my senior year, mm-hmm. the railroad was hiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me if I was interested in it, and I said, oh no. Because mm-hmm. I, I heard him complain all the time. Right, Whenever right. Whenever he got a call to go to work, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he cussing and whatnot. <laughs> and so I was thinking, why would I want to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, um, after my stint in the military, mm-hmm. and then coming back from working for the prison, um, I knew I didn't want to do that. Okay. You know, it just that just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So when he called to ask, I said, "Oh yeah, I'm ready." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he yes. said, "Well, well, get your resume together and and, and take it to Palestine and give it to this guy, Jimmy Love, who's uh-huh. no longer with us." Okay. He, and uh, he faxed it to St. Louis. That was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I got the call Wednesday to be in spring Friday. Wow. For an interview. Just like that. Just like that. That was the good old days. That was the good old days. Yeah, yeah, because now it's so different. But some people didn't like it because basically to get on with the railroad, you had to be somebody's son, Mm -hmm. son son-in-law, brother. Not what you know, who you know. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. they, uh, the rail industry, it was a class action lawsuit about nepotism. So, so of course, they changed all that now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've had guys say, man, I've been trying to get on for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those jobs that if you get it, you keep it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's those. That's a good job. That's a good job. Okay, so so how did you come about with um, going into your doing your passion? How did that, I mean, you was at the railroad making money, doing uh-huh. good, and yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, uh, I say this all the time. The best decisions I've ever made mm-hmm. are the ones that I had to make, like when okay. you forced, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what happened in uh, 2005? Okay. Uh, you ever seen the movie Flight with Denzel? Flight. 
when he's the pilot, he's drunk and he crashed and yeah, he tried yeah, to save yeah. his Yeah, home. yeah, okay, okay. Well, the very end of that movie, how they have that hearing, it's mm -hmm. the union in there and mm -hmm. the, and the uh, feds. Mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in their case, it's the FAA, but okay. the railroad is FRA. Okay. And then the company officials. Okay, so in 2005, mm -hmm. it was a, I was an engineer okay. on, a, on a rotating board that took trains from Houston to Lufkin. Okay. And there's eight of us on this board, and it's in seniority order. And normally, if somebody would hire seniority want to get on that board, mm -hmm. they would bump the lowest person. Okay. You know, because mm -hmm. if you bump number two, he'll bump number three, and okay. so forth. It just causes a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Well, I was about number four on this board, mm -hmm. and uh, first out to go to work, and a guy bumped me. Mm -hmm. And a white guy. Mm -hmm. So immediately, my mind went to, it's a race thing, mm. you know. Okay. And, and I, but I'm okay with the guy. Mm -hmm. I was a union rep. He was a union rep, and I'm like, man. So uh, that was around 10, 11 that morning. Okay. And they finally got called out about seven that night. Okay. And uh, I could see on the computer when they got the call. So by the time I figured they were at the depot, I called my conductor. Okay. And I said, hey man, is, is Bailey in there? Mm. He said, yeah, yeah, why? Because I, I want to ask him why he bumped me. Like, Ooh. I, I done stood around all day. I'm mad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so he get on the phone. I say, hey, man. And he don't owe me any explanation. Uh -huh. So I said, man, you know, why you bump me? I'm not the junior man. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, you were first out. And it was the 15th. He said, I just wanted to make sure I, I worked today. Hmm. I said, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it, it, but immediately. You right, know, and here right. I was, man, all day. All day. For nothing. For nothing, yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. But two hours later, uh -huh. they were sitting in a siding, mm -hmm. and uh, a guy lined the wrong switch, and a train went in and hit him and killed him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Killed GY. Uh, he's the only one died. The conductor was able to jump off before the train hit him. Hmm. And... Uh, Long story short, so mm -hmm. after that happened, you know, the FRA come down here, um, Service Transportation Board, all these people to investigate. Mm -hmm. So we have a hearing like the Denzel one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And because I was a union rep, I was mm -hmm. in the hearing. Mm -hmm. And the first question was, hey, we want to know how we can prevent that from ever happening again. Mm -hmm. We're open for suggestions. Mm -hmm. And I raised my hand mm -hmm. and, uh, and the guy said, yeah, yes, sir, Mr. Wallace. And I told them we need to do better training. Mm -hmm. When I hired out, you had to be with a senior man like three years before they would let you be on your own. Oh, wow. Like, you got to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And now, <laughs> six or eight months, and they, they set you free. Okay. And it's because we're running more trains, and, and so they just pushing people through training. Mm -hmm. Well, the guy that had lined the wrong switch had only been working a year. Oh, wow. And so I felt like that, that you know, we need to cut that out. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we took a break, uh, and the superintendent mm -hmm. of Houston at the time, he walked up, he said, hey, man, some things you keep in house. Oh, Lord. And oh, I okay. said, not death. Mm -hmm. I said, man, because mm -hmm. I have I have relatives that work on the railroad all over the country. Yeah, okay. Not just Houston, uh -huh. you know. My brother works CSX out in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. My cousin Cody up in Chicago, you know, and I got cousins, you know, Amtrak on mm -hmm. the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day, he took my my engineer license. <gasps> the very next day, what happens is they could just report. Their rules used to be; it's changed now. Uh -huh. That they could just tell the report, say he's not a uh, fit for this anymore. You know, we the Railway Labor Act governs the airlines also. 
the railroad okay. and the airline. Okay. So rules like that are in place or guidelines for like pilots. You mm -hmm. know, pilots, mm -hmm. if their vision gets bad, mm -hmm. like, hey, mm -hmm. we're going to take your license, you need to go get your eyes checked. Right, right, right. It, he pulled like that on me. And I was like 33, <laughs> you know. But here's the thing. They pull it, and then the feds at some time will come down and, and test you to see if you, you know. Mm -hmm. But you never know how long that's going to be. Right. And uh, so when it happened, mm -hmm. that's when I started Soul Creators because I had to, I had to feed my family. Like, right. You know, I didn't sit around crying or being mad. Mm -hmm. I, I was worried about the next yeah. the next day, mm -hmm. and so that's how it came about. Mm -hmm. But it was it was the greatest. I was out three years and four days. And it was the best three years and four days. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Barack, you know, mm -hmm. before he was president. Mm -hmm. um, I worked on his campaign. Okay. Um, and it was a guy, Joe Zabo. He he was the first appointee when Barack won. He mm -hmm. he appointed him the head of FRA. Okay. I worked a campaign with him. Okay. So he knew my story. Really. So. Now, this is how God worked. Uh -huh. I worked with him in 07. Mm -hmm. And when Barack won, appointed him full circle. <laughs> Two days after he got appointed, the railroad called me and said, hey, man, we want to work out something. And I said, no, no, we, after we, we here now. Years well, it, some... it was a little over two at that time. Okay, okay. I said, oh, we here now. Like, mm -hmm. let's let's go. Because they knew he was going to be the one making the decision. Uh -huh. Oh, oh, they, okay, busted, okay. Yeah, they knew he would be the one making the decision. Wow. So, uh. And, and I never, I never said to him, man. If you know, if you get up there, you take didn't care. have to. No. It was already done. And uh, so, yeah, they we went back and forth for about six months after okay. that, and then uh, you know, I went back, got three years back pay, you know, all that good uh -huh, stuff. Uh -huh. And about a year later, okay, we had a convention in San Diego, and okay. Zabo was out keynote speaker, <laughs> and I come up to him, and he looked, he just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but wow, that's, that's what started it, and and you know. So when I went back, we had to to do a partial retirement, seventy five percent. You have to do twenty years. Mm -hmm. So when I went back, my only goal was to get to that twenty years because okay. I knew I wasn't gonna stay. Right. And to get to my twenty years, secure my pension, and uh -huh. then you know move on. So you did. That's what. Well, I ended up staying twenty three. Okay. Because you know, the best job to have is the one you don't have to have. Right. <laughs> so when I got to the twenty. It just, it became so easy, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, I could still run my business. Yeah. And I just didn't work a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. Matter of fact, my last year, I finally hit retirement, May the 7th of, uh, of uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. No, 20, 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, from January to May that year, I think mm -hmm. I, I had, I, wrote, I worked 14 days. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so I, I rarely didn't work, you know. Okay, okay. So, um, so after working the 23 years, then you had already started your business. It's mm -hmm. called Soul what? Soul Caritas. Soul Caritas. Uh -huh. Where did that name come from? Oh, Soul means elite, number one. Right. And Caritas means char charitable or giving. Okay. So, um, I knew when, when we were thinking about the name, mm -hmm. I knew I wanted something that reflect me, the values of my family mm -hmm, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our family has always been the type to help those that need help, you mm -hmm, know, give. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted that to be in the name. Right. And But at the end of the day, it just means we're the number one givers. You know? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk some more about this business you 
created and kind of give us a little more insight on it. All okay, right? I'm ready. So we'll be back. Hi everyone, this is Liz Fawbless here to let you know about my children's book, You Have a Superpower. It's part of a series of books I've written to empower, to inspire, and to help young girls everywhere realize you have special talents, special gifts that can make you an amazing person. I call them superpowers because these extraordinary talents, whether it's math, science, art, sports, or even writing, can help change the way people look at themselves and the world just by watching how confident you are about your extraordinary gifts. It's the perfect book for any young woman who needs a positive reminder that she's smart, gifted, and important. You have a superpowers available on Amazon.com. Order yours today and let that special young girl in your life know she can change the world one superpower at a time. Now, back to the podcast. All right, welcome back here with our guest Carlos Wallace and we're just super excited to have him to, to talk and dig deep into his, his um, rich mind of knowledge and so <laughs> but in a good way of putting it I guess um, but anyway um, we had stopped and left off and we're back talking about your business that mm -hmm. you have so is this nonprofit or for-profit 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 mm -hmm. okay so kind of tell what what it what it does. Well, originally we started out uh, producing comedy shows. Okay. And uh, shortly after I started, I was hired to do a, a comedy tour with uh, the Top Dog of Comedy. Okay. Which uh, was Capone, Corey Holcomb, Rob Stapleton, Mark Vieira, and Wilson Vince. Mm -hmm. And so I had the, the blessed opportunity to travel around the nation. Oh, wow. Uh, we did 42 dates, mm -hmm. so colleges, theaters. So I had a, a you know a tremendous opportunity to meet a lot of people in the business, All right. uh, learn a lot about I'm the sure. business. I'm sure. um, while I was, I'm pretty decent as a producer, mm -hmm. but I had the opportunity to learn more beyond that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> after about, a, I think it was like a year and a half, mm -hmm. and uh, came back to Houston and made Houston my focus. Okay. And uh, so we started a series called the Houston All Star of the Comedy. And we had a, a good run, about seven years every month, okay. sold our show. Wow. <laughs> so, and uh, uh, five or six years ago, mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to, you know, venture into poetry. Okay. I met, I met a couple of the poets on the scene. Okay. They wanted to start, you know, bring their shows to the improv. Okay. And uh, I've had a great relationship with the improv now for over 10 years. Wow. And uh, my biggest, the biggest thing I wanted to accomplish with that is to bring in more people of color. Because uh -huh. when I came, when I came to improv, mm -hmm. it was rare that you would even see black comics, mm -hmm. you know, or Latino. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't go to them and say that's what I wanted. Right, but I knew right. that's what I wanted. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, and in business, people understand money, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So if you have a plan that's going to make them money, right. they're willing to listen. Uh -huh. And my shows are on a Wednesday. Okay. That's a day that normally they wouldn't even be open. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at zero. Uh -huh. Well, when I put 450 people in there, uh -huh. and they average in about... 40 to 45 dollars food and beverage per person wow you know now wow. you're talking 15 18 20 thousand uh -huh. dollars on a night that would have been zero exactly so that that afforded me a lot of uh, um leverage you yeah. know with, with working with improv so that's interesting when i when i introduced the idea of 
bringing poetry, mm-hmm. um, the general manager, the only question he had was, well, can you sell it? You know, can we <laughs> right, fill, can we right. fill the place up? Right. Can you do with poetry what you have done with comedy? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I said yes. You know, I gave him my word, and uh, next month we'll celebrate. No, I'll tell you this month we uh-huh. celebrated seven years of poetry. Wow. Six years. Six, six years. years. We're okay. going into our seventh year. Okay. Okay. So, so that was the show Wednesday. Was it? A collaboration of comedy and poetry. It was it was poetry. Okay. And we we okay. taped that one for uh-huh. you know for streaming services, okay. uh, Amazon and and, and uh, Amazon Prime Video and Netflix. Okay. Um, that was a, a big step because mm. it, my thing you know I love poetry because it's you just feel like you've been in a, a TED talk. Right. <laughs> when you right. Leave, when like, they yeah. It's like yeah. it's just tremendously educated uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, and inspiring at the same time yes, yes. so uh, but what I when I came into the poetry scene mm-hmm. what I thought was missing was people not investing into the art okay and what I mean by that is not you just paying 10 or 20 dollars to go see the show mm-hmm. I mean filmmakers right you right, know, right. Um, and people in my position mm-hmm. like we have a, a duty to help elevate the art and mm-hmm. move it forward mm-hmm. leave it better than we found it yeah, yeah. and uh, so i did research and i did, i couldn't find any film projects mm-hmm. related to poetry from houston wow zero wow you know whenever you talk about poetry in tv or or you know hbo mm-hmm. the first thing that comes up is deaf comedy jam uh-huh, uh-huh. i mean deaf poetry jam uh-huh, uh-huh. but that's it right that's kind right. of the beginning and the end uh-huh. and 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 you know and you see opportunities where poets are added to certain things mm-hmm. but that still doesn't highlight poetry right you know it's just right. kind of you know, the, the afterthought yeah yeah so what i wanted to do is i wanted to put uh, poetry in the front seat, mm-hmm. make it the main focus. Right. So that's oh, wow. what this project's about. Oh wow, wow, that's 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 a good. I know your brain, you smart man. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's you. that's a way of um, helping other people. Well, and I uh, one of the young poets, um, shout out to B Tap. Uh-huh. She she asked, she said, Mr. Wallace, how do you keep doing it? Like, how uh-huh. do you? But uh, you said helping other people, but it helps me too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I say all the time, the first half of your life, you being pulled by your parents. Right. The second half of your life, you being pushed by your children. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So you're okay. either being pushed or pulled at right. all times. Right. So, you know, the more your children accomplish, uh-huh. it pushes you because you're proud. You know? Absolutely. But Absolutely. you also have to keep going in your journey uh-huh. because you feel like you don't want to let them down. Exactly. You know, they, they, you, you, you demand so much from them, mm-hmm. but you should never ask people for something to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Exactly. You know, exactly. so if I if I want excellence from them, mm-hmm. I have to continue to to show your to show my excellence. That is so good. That is so good. <clears throat> so um so I've read your bio and some about a philanthropist. What, <laughs> what, what I mean, good God almighty, I'm adding all these titles. We got an author, a speaker, <laughs> a producer. And so where does the philanthropist come into play? Um you uh like I said, I, my family has always been the one to give. My, right. my mom, I remember one Christmas, I was, I want to say high school, mm-hmm. but one Christmas she leveraged with Walmart there in Jacksonville, Texas, Yeah. this uh, this bicycle drive. So, and she had about 50 kids 
that she picked or someone had chosen. Right. And Walmart donated the bicycles to them. Wow. And I thought that was so amazing. Uh-huh. Like, how do you get these people to give the, you know, just to give it away? This right. is what they, they sell them every day. How uh-huh. do you get them to give them away? Right. So that, that sparked my interest. You know, the first people think philanthropy is just you writing a check, uh-uh. and it's really not. No, it's, it's not. It's about bringing about awareness. Exactly. Where you know that needs help. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be financially or otherwise. Right, 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 right. You know, I'm I'm now on a board um, of an organization, More to Life, T O O, More T O Life, and what we do is combat sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we help survivors acclimate and get back into society yeah. and hopefully have a, a, a mm-hmm. normal life or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but but all of those it's just continuously giving yeah and but it's satisfying to me yeah because again if you can leave it better than you found mm-hmm. it, that's that's the ultimate goal yeah yeah so that's how that came about because um we were I was talking with my husband the other <clears throat> excuse me of the weekend he took a friend of ours fishing mm-hmm. and and he's been through you know some health issues and everything and and when he we find out that he liked fishing mm-hmm. and he hadn't been fishing in a while mm-hmm. and so my husband was able to take that yeah. gentleman fishing good, good. and 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 and, the, and our friend he wasn't feeling well but he was determined to go fishing because it's something he enjoyed doing right and the words my husband said to me he said i just wanted to make him happy there you go and at the end of the day, that's what we want to make sure that we're about. making. If we make one person, just make a person happy. Better than zero. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, zero. exactly. So um, as we kind of bring things to a close a little bit, I kind of want to get off of that part and kind of get your feedback with um, this podcast y'all have me in talking about <laughs> Emmett Till and a wrongful <laughs> conviction and all of that. But I wanted to ask the golden question mm-hmm. to you, um, being that you've been out and around the world. How do you feel about wrongful conviction? What's your take on it? Just bringing you just a, out of the blue question. Um, there's there's so <clears throat> many layers to how we get to a wrongful conviction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, being black. Okay, one. You you talk to blacks, mm-hmm. and the biggest. From from a black person standpoint, they think just because you're black, right? And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, wrongful convictions, the, the system is so broken. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the system is about money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you have been charged with a crime, or you know, wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. so forth and so on, mm-hmm. and you you have the financial resources mm-hmm. to get that top shelf attorney, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I don't Good. care what your race is. Mm-hmm. If you exactly. if you have the money, mm-hmm. you know, um, the same goes for you could be Caucasian, mm-hmm. wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. get a public defender, mm-hmm. and, that, and now you fall in the crack. Exactly. I worked at the prison. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I have spoken with people of all races mm-hmm. that felt like they were wrongfully convicted. Mm-hmm. So it's not just black. Right, right, I right. think that is just marketed. Like, yeah. And we have accepted that. Exactly. But when you visit prisons, you mm-hmm. see them all. Yeah, definitely. Um, do, I, I mean, it, it's horrible, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the entire system mm-hmm. that's broken. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can speak for a second about the case that we just had in Dallas. Okay. Where mm-hmm. uh, the... the Police officer entered the guy's yeah. house and he shot him. Yes, yes. And um, the judge, 
You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people in the black community was upset with the judge mm-hmm. at the end. Well, one week they loved her, and mm-hmm. the next week they mm-hmm. didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. She a Delta or whatever. whatever. And right. Oh my God, that's our sister. Uh-huh. But in the end, uh-huh. when the young lady only got ten years, and people were upset about that, mm-hmm. um, and and they had video footage of the judge hugging her. Mm-hmm. Again, the marketing, see, mm-hmm. because before she hugged us, she hugged the mama mm-hmm. of the of the victim. Right, right. So, but but we don't see that part. Uh-uh. So mm-hmm. I I hate when the media can control people's exactly. minds like that. Exactly. But exactly. but back to her being um, people being upset with her at the end. Mm-hmm. The police union, as well as the police department. Mm-hmm endorsed her when she ran for judge. Mm-hmm. She was who she was mm-hmm. on election day. Mm-hmm. So I wish people would get more involved in studying candidates, judges, you know, people that's that's running for offices that serve us. Because mm-hmm. if you're upset, she shouldn't win. Right. But if you made your decision, I'm gonna vote for her because she's black. Just because she's black don't mean she no. have your interest. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I would have. Uh, I, I don't have a big problem with police and authority. Mm. You know, I have a problem with corruption. Absolutely. You know, so to say that all police departments in America are corrupt is mm. is just asinine. Right. Right. Um, I don't even think a whole police department can be corrupt. It's just. Mm-hmm. To, I say this all the time. You know how many people you have to share that secret with to keep it a secret? Mm-hmm. Three people can't keep a secret, mm-hmm. much less 3,000. <laughs> you know? so, so it would be hard to cover something right, up when right. 3,000 people uh-huh. know about it. Exactly. Somebody's going to be disgruntled. Uh-huh. They're going to tell it. You know, They're going to tell their girlfriend. They're right. going to tell nobody. <laughs> and as soon as he leaves, she's going to tell her girlfriend. So, yeah. They don't tell nobody. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah. hard. it's hard to have cover-up when uh-huh. there's so many people involved. Right. But are there cover-ups? within departments absolutely yes that's at any job any exactly you know what i mean yes yes uh the black church uh the naacp Mm -hmm. you know it just on and on and on you know the mayor election time right like Uh there could be corruption anywhere Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if we can get outside of just looking at black and white Mm -hmm. and start studying our candidates Mm -hmm. what they stand for Mm -hmm. what you know what they do Mm -hmm. then you'll put the person in place that you feel like will best serve the Right, 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 right. And if they don't, if they're not there for the people, mm-hmm. next election, vote them out. Yeah. Pick you another person, run against them, and mm-hmm. move them on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I take that real personal because my grandfather was a judge. Okay. And he never lost an election, so he must have been doing something right. Exactly. First exactly. black judge in Anderson County, and he oh, had wow. uh, 18 years, I want to say, you hmm. know. So. He must have been doing something okay. Yes. Because he never yes. lost. He eventually just retired. Right, right, but, right. But I, I would like to think uh, he was a man for the people mm-hmm. and serving the community. Mm-hmm. And and so mm-hmm. a part of him is in me. Right, I don't know if right. I'll ever run. Right. Because I think I'm, I'm better served by not running. Uh-huh. So I'm not in a box. Exactly. But, but I can will be. be. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I can be an influence on mm-hmm. election day as, exactly. you know, bring up my old organizing <laughs> skills, you know. From, right? From oh, yeah, union man. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was just wondering, um, you know, your input and, and, and how you felt about that. And, um, okay, and, and um, so, um, okay. But um, let me see, what else? What else? Because we've kind of touched on that. Um, I'm trying to think. 
something else I wanted. We got so deep into that, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, so, well, we can take a break. Okay, because I, I want to come back and talk more about your episodes that uh -huh. I've already listened to. Yeah, I, I okay. Like to talk about. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll be back. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The things students say, like, you know, man, because of this book, I didn't commit suicide. Because of this book, I can now uh, speak in public and come out of my shell. Because of this book, I'm not so worried about what other people say about me, you know, not looking for their validation. That's what means that, you know, that's what, that's what touches me. Um, my favorite chapter was about not letting either your boss, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, family, anybody get in your way of being successful in whatever it is you want to do. To purchase Life is Not Complicated, you are or the other 99 times or to download the audio versions, please visit carloswallace.com. Now, back to the podcast. We're back. And um, just just hating to end this conversation with my little brother. Um, just, oh, my God, I, he's moved to New York and we just can't. Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so um, let's kind of pick back up again uh -huh. and, and bring this wonderful show to an end. How? Well, what, finish I, up. what I wanted to say when you came to me with uh -huh. the idea of doing this podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. uh, for one, we look we overlook things that we're experts in. True. When it comes to the criminal justice system, True. especially uh, you know the ones mm -hmm. that are getting out, yeah, they have to report to someone, and, exactly. that, and that someone is you. Yes, you know, for sir. many yes. years, yes, you got paid for that. Mm -hmm. You're an expert. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, if anybody can have that discussion uh -huh. with validity, yeah. it's you. Yes, and so I wanted you to do this mm -hmm. because. I like having the discussions that aren't being, that aren't happening, you exactly. know. So when you hear about a guy that had been wrongfully convicted, mm -hmm. the only thing people want to know is how much money did he get? Exactly. And I'm like, man, it's, it's bigger exactly. than that, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I was speaking with an inmate one day, mm -hmm. and he said, man, do you know how much, how, how hard it is to go back into society? Mm -hmm. Now, this is how long ago it was for him. Mm -hmm. In Jacksonville, the first automatic door we had at a store was was Safeway. Okay. And those, it was the ones you step on the the pressure on the the pad yeah. is what made the door open. Exactly. Right? I forgot about those doors. See, that that is so true. But wow, he, Carlos, you old. But he said one time when he got <laughs> out and he went to a store and he stepped on that pad and that door opened, it scared him. Of course. Because and those are the things. Yes. Now imagine if you went in the mid eight mid 90s uh -huh. and get out now uh -huh. how much technology has advanced exactly i mean you supposed to get out and see a car driving by itself exactly you know That's so what's happening those are the things i wish people would to try to understand mm -hmm. when it comes to those guys uh processing back into society mm -hmm. be it wrongfully convicted or you yeah know, just uh, yeah either way uh -huh. and it's a it's a big deal mm -hmm. and the suicide rate is really high yes it is that's not talked about that's, that's no exactly. one is really having that discussion mm -hmm. and and i think it's because we're moving so fast in our life mm -hmm. that we don't even stop to think about yeah you know what i bet he don't even know how to use that cell phone exactly you exactly know, quick story one time we we, we google our next Gen group, mm -hmm. it wasn't my cohorts, it was another group mm -hmm. within us. Mm -hmm. There was a, a situation in uh, rural South Carolina okay. where students was commuting a, an hour a day 
to and from school. Okay. So, you know, they were their grades were suffering. Mm -hmm. And and Google's thing is how can we make it better? You okay. know. So Google committed to, you know, several million dollars to donate these laptops so the kids could do their homework to and from on the bus to okay. and from. Okay. So when they get home, they don't have that to worry about. Right. Which shortens their day. Exactly. But a lot of them didn't even know how to use the laptop. Oh, wow. See, you, we don't think, because uh -huh. we think, hey, it's a laptop. Oh, man, that's free. Man, that's cool with Google. And I said, yeah, but some of them don't even know how to turn it on. Right. You know, so right. we have to think about that. Mm -hmm. Everybody is not where we are, you know. Right, 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 right. So what right. we may take for granted that's very simple to mm -hmm. some people is really complex. That's true. That's true. And you, and you just opened another dendrite in my brain to... Um, think that what we're doing here and as you stated it's not talked about mm -hmm. that much mm -hmm. and and even when I share with people you know oh I got a podcast and this name is what really we need to talk about that right. more yes right so so and I and I guess because of just the title itself has given me the opportunity to talk, you know, when I tell just that one, oh, and oh, I actually, yeah, yeah, I actually had someone to reach out to me. They're running for city councilman, I believe, here in the mm -hmm. city, you know, say, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Mm -hmm. And and so, of course, I'm trying to reach out to that person. And um, yeah, this is, this is a golden bucket, so to speak. Sure. Well, you know, what's my thing? Tell your story before uh -huh. someone else before does. Before someone else <laughs> because does. Because they may not tell it the way you want exactly, it to. You exactly, know? So exactly, exactly. So to keep you from getting upset, tell your story. Ex <laughs> I know, that's the truth. And, and as we were talking about um, in the author series the other night about how to self-publish, mm -hmm. doing it yourself. Absolutely. You because know? yeah. when it goes elsewhere, then they take hold of your story and there, there no it goes. telling what kind of editing might be done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and oh, we can just pleasure. go on and on and on and on. And so, but if anyone wants to contact my brother, I'll give y'all permission to contact him. <laughs> Tell us how to get in touch with you. Just go to carloswallace.com. Okay, you know, Carlos all Wallace. All my social contacts. Everything. Carloswallace.com. Carloswallace.com. And I don't need no more cousins coming out asking for no money. So. I, know. <laughs> I know that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, they can, they can show up, I'm Ooh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, okay, we have truly enjoyed again um, our visit with my producer, Carlos Wallace, and, and I just appreciate him just, just taking hold and making me his big sister and my children, his nieces and nephews, and even my husband, that's brother-in-law. And so, but anyway, and then I'm going to get a sister-in-law here soon. But, um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and call it a day and hate to end it again. But we're going to go ahead and, and um, end. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at preventionzone at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Preventionzone at gmail.com. So if this is it, we'll call it a day again. And Mr. Carlos Wallace, hey, thank you for this no, opportunity. Thank you, thank you. All right. And we'll talk with you guys again. If Emmett was alive today podcast, you all have a good day. Whew. Okay. That's the good stuff. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus. You're listening to If Emmett Was Alive Today podcast, hosted by Daphne Priscilla Jack.